Welcome to Songs of Praise from 3ABN Australia Radio.
He was awake before the sun With his Bible opened up Seeking truth with every single page he turned Anyone can see My daddy lives what he believes With a gentle heart A passion for Jesus burn I know we have hard times We disagree But the longer I live It's clear to me Bye. 
This is Songs of Praise, brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio.
can see it in their eyes empty people filled with care headed who knows where on they go
take his light to a world where wrong seems right. What could be too great a cost for sharing life with one who's lost through his love our hearts can feel all the grief they bear they must hear the words of life only we can
This is holy ground. We're standing on holy ground. For the Lord is present and where he is is holy. This is holy ground. We're standing on holy ground. For the Lord is present and where he is is holy. made clean by Jesus' blood. You are holy God, a perfect and holy God. We will come before you with hearts made clean by Jesus' blood. We are standing on holy ground, and I know that there are angels. Listening to Songs of Praise. Come with hands of the Lord and let our joys be known. Join in a song with sweet accord. Join in a song with sweet accord. And thus
Let those refuse to sing who never knew our God. But children of the heavenly King, but children of the heavenly King, they speak their joys, their joys abroad. They speak their joys where marching to Zion, marching to Zion, we're marching to Zion.
As I go from day to day, I pass so many people as I journey on life's way. And I wonder, am I all alone? Is this how life should be? Then I hear my Savior whisper, take your cross and follow me. I'm not Savior walks beside me. He holds my hand and drives away my tears. When no one cares, His loving arms around me in His grace. And then I know, I know. Sometimes when life seems lonely, no hope before me gleams. I'm feeling so discouraged as I view my broken dreams. Then I turn my eyes to Jesus, He alone can set me free. Then I hear my Savior whisper. 
to die the price he paid for my sin was much too high a cost but Jesus came and found me and loved me to the cross he came to me now my blinded eyes can see he forgave and set this prisoner free all I need to know when my sin was all I could see he came to me why would he want to come down leaving heaven's throne the earth and all within it could have made his glory known all a worthless sinner and redeem me through his love I don't have to know the answer for I'm covered by the blood he came to me now my blinded eyes can see he forgave and set this prayer Sin was all I could see. He came to me. I was lost, now I'm found. Since the Savior came down and changed my everything. What 
Listening to 3ABN Australia Radio's Songs of Praise. The Father called to Abraham and promised him a son to be an heir, a people vast more numerous than the sand. Shall be his children from this covenant. The Father spoke to Moses from the bush. I see my people needy and oppressed. Now take my children out of Egypt's sands and lead them to my promised land. Exceeding great and precious are his promises to me. Trust the promise keeper, he is the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The Father looked upon the fallen world. Promise to redeem it through his son. If you believe that Christ died in your place, then God has promised you are surely saved. His promises are found throughout his word to keep us and supply our every need. A promise to Forgive when we confess the hope of life eternal after death. Trust the promise keeper, his promises endure. Truth, have faith in Him. 
You've been listening to Songs of Praise, a production of 3ABN Australia Radio. Welcome to 3ABN Australia Radio's book reading program. The book, The Ministry of Healing by Alan White, provides sound counsel regarding holistic health. It covers all aspects of living that contributes to good health like cheerfulness, fresh air, exercise, diet, and positive relationships with other people, to name a few. Crucial also is a personal relationship with our Creator, who gave us life and everything we need for health and happiness. In this book, Alan White deals with sickness of the soul and the healing balm to be found by trusting God in all things. Written in simple, beautiful language, ministry healing will point to a life full of joy and happiness, a life connected with the source of healing power. Let's join our book reader, Rosalie Ricards. Hello, this is Rosalie and I'm reading from the book Ministry of Healing by Alan White. Continuing chapter 25, Extremes in Diet. There is real common sense in dietetic reform. The subject should be studied broadly and deeply, and no one should criticise others because their practice is not, in all things, in harmony with his own. It is impossible to make an unvarying rule to regulate everyone's habits, and no one should think himself a criterion for all. Not all people can eat the same things. Foods that are palatable and wholesome to one person may be distasteful and even harmful to another. Some cannot use milk while others thrive on it. Some people cannot digest peas and beans. Others find them wholesome. For some, the coarser grain preparations are good food, while others cannot use them. Those who live in new countries or in poverty-stricken districts where fruits and nuts are scarce should not be urged to exclude milk and eggs from their diet. It is true that persons in full flesh and in whom the animal passions are strong need to avoid the use of stimulating foods, especially in families of children who are given to sensual habits. Eggs should not be used. But in the case of persons whose blood-making organs are feeble, especially if other foods 
to supply the needed elements cannot be obtained, milk and eggs should not be wholly discarded. Great care should be taken, however, to obtain milk from healthy cows and eggs, from healthy fowls, that are well fed and well cared for, and the eggs should be cooked as to be more easily digested. The diet reform should be progressive. As disease in animals increases, the use of milk and eggs will become more and more unsafe. An effort should be made to supply their place with other things that are healthful and inexpensive. The people everywhere should be taught how to cook without milk and eggs, so far as possible, and yet have their food wholesome and palatable. The practice of eating but two meals a day is generally found a benefit to health. Yet under some circumstances, persons may require a third meal. This should, however, if taken at all, be very light and of food most easily digested. Crackers, the English biscuit or sweetback, and fruit or cereal coffee are the foods best suited for the evening meal. Some are continually anxious, lest their food, however simple and healthful, may hurt them. To these people, let me say, do not think that your food will injure you. Do not think about it at all. Eat according to your best judgment, and when you have asked the Lord to bless the food for the strengthening of your body, believe that he hears your prayer and be at rest. Because principle requires us to discard those things that irritate the stomach and impair health, we should remember that an impoverished diet produces poverty of the blood. Cases of disease most difficult to cure result from this cause. The system is not sufficiently nourished and dyspepsia and general debility are the result. Those who use such a diet are not always compelled by poverty to do so, but they choose it through ignorance or negligence, or to carry out their erroneous ideas of reform. God is not honoured when the body is neglected or abused, and is thus unfitted for his service. To care for the body by providing for it food that is relishable and strengthening is one of the first duties of the householder. It is far better to have less expensive clothing and furniture than to stint the supply of food. Some householders stint the family table in order to provide expensive entertainment for visitors. This is unwise. In the entertainment of guests, there should be greater simplicity. Let the needs of the family have the first attention. Unwise economy and artificial customs often prevent the exercise of hospitality where it is needed and would be a blessing. The regular supply of food for our tables should be such that the unexpected guest can be made welcome without burdening the housewife to make extra preparation. All should learn what to eat and how to cook it. Men as well as women need to understand the simple, healthful preparation of food. Their business often calls them where they cannot obtain 
wholesome food. Then if they have a knowledge of cookery, they can use it to good purpose. Carefully consider your diet. Study from cause to effect. Cultivate self-control. Keep appetite under the control of reason. Never abuse the stomach by overeating. But do not deprive yourself of the wholesome, palatable food that health demands. The narrow ideas of some would-be health reformers have been a great injury to the cause of hygiene. Hygienists should remember that dietetic reform will be judged to a great degree by the provision they make for their tables, and instead of taking a course that will bring discredit upon it, they should so exemplify its principles as to commend them to candid minds. There is a large class who will oppose any reform movement, however reasonable, if it places a restriction on the appetite. They consult taste instead of reason or the laws of health. By this class, all who leave the beaten track of custom and advocate reform will be accounted radical, no matter how consistent their course. That these persons may have no ground for criticism, hygienists, or as we call them now, health reformers, should not try to see how different they can be from others, but should come as near as possible without the sacrifice of principle. When those who advocate health reform go to extremes, it is no wonder that many who regard these persons as representing health principles reject the reform altogether. These extremes frequently do more harm in a short time than could be undone by a lifetime of consistent living. Health reform is based upon principles that are broad and far-reaching, and we should not belittle it by narrow views and practices. But no one should permit opposition or ridicule, or a desire to please or influence others to turn him from true principles or cause him lightly to regard them. Those who are governed by principle will be firm and decided in standing for the right, yet in all their associations they will manifest a generous, Christ-like spirit and true moderation. Chapter 26 Stimulants and Narcotics Under the head of stimulants and narcotics is classed a great variety of articles that altogether used as food or drink irritate the stomach, poison the blood and excite the nerves. Their use is a positive evil. Men seek the excitement of stimulants because for the time the results are agreeable, but there is always a reaction. The use of unnatural stimulants always tends to excess, and it is an active agent in promoting physical degeneration and decay. Subheading Condiments In this fast age, the less exciting the food, the better. Condiments are injurious in their nature. Mustard, pepper, spices, pickles, and other things of a like character irritate the stomach and make the blood feverish and impure. 
the inflamed condition of the drunkard's stomach is often pictured as illustrating the effect of alcoholic liquors. A similarly inflamed condition is produced by the use of irritating condiments. Soon ordinary food does not satisfy the appetite. The system feels a want, a craving for something more stimulating. Subheading tea and coffee. Tea acts as a stimulant and to a certain extent produces intoxication. The action of coffee and many other popular drinks is similar. The first effect is exhilarating. The nerves of the stomach are excited. These convey irritation to the brain and thus in turn is aroused to impact increased action to the heart and short-lived energy to the entire system. Fatigue is forgotten. The strength seems to be increased. The intellect is aroused. The imagination becomes more vivid. Because of these results, many suppose that their tea or their coffee is doing them great good. But this is a mistake. Tea and coffee do not nourish the system. Their effect is produced before there has been time for digestion and assimilation, and what seems to be strength is only nervous excitement. When the influence of the stimulant is gone, the unnatural force abates, and the result is a corresponding degree of languor and debility. The continued use of these nerve irritants is followed by headache, wakefulness, palpitation of the heart, indigestion, trembling, and many other evils, for they wear away the life forces. Tired nerves need rest and quiet instead of stimulation and overwork. Nature needs time to recuperate her exhausted energies. When her forces are goaded on by the use of stimulants, more will be accomplished for a time, but as the system becomes debilitated by their constant use, it gradually becomes more difficult to rouse the energies to a desired point. The demand for stimulants becomes more difficult to control until the will is overborne and there seems to be no power to deny the unnatural craving. Stronger and still stronger stimulants are called for until exhausted by nature can no longer respond. To be continued. Join us again next time when Rosalie Ricards continues reading from the book The Ministry of Healing here on your station 3ABN Australia Radio. Let's listen to William Ackland as he shares a psalm from his paraphrase of the Bible called The Gift. Psalm 64 is also a psalm of David. What a wonderful hymn writer he was, because the psalms were ancient Israel's hymns. And this is written for the choir director. And the subject of this psalm is rejoicing in the Lord, though oppressed by the wicked. Please hear what I say, O God, in my laments. Let my life not be consumed by fear of the enemy. Protect me from the evil plans of the wicked, 
from those who rebel against the king, those who sharpen their tongue as though it was a sword and prepare to shoot off their bitter words like sharp arrows. They like to hurt others when they cannot be seen, suddenly firing off their malicious missives without any fear. They take courage in a group when doing evil. They huddle together to set traps for the unwary. They say no one will detect them. They devise all manner of iniquity, saying, We have planned a cunning scheme that can only succeed. Both their inner thoughts and the outworking of their hearts are deeply evil. But God's arrow will find its mark, and suddenly they shall be mortally wounded. He will cause them to trip over what they say, and all who see them shall fly away. Everyone shall look in awe as they proclaim God's wonderful works. They cannot help but acknowledge his mighty power. The happiness of the righteous is found in the Lord, and they trust him. The upright shall bring an offering of praise.